And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 6 and 8. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Today is, of course, the eve of the Feast of All Saints, which is a perfect day to be baptized for two reasons. The first is because baptism is the beginning of your journey to sainthood. This is the day before the, the Feast of All Saints, and this is the beginning of our life in Christ. And as it regards the cultural festival of Halloween, for the part of Halloween that is dark and evil, Getting baptized to Jesus, who is the destroyer of demons, is a great way of fighting darkness with light. Baptism is the true beginning of the Christian life. The scriptures call it the new birth by the Holy Spirit. The day when the Holy Spirit comes to live within you, to dwell within you. It's the beginning of a pilgrimage whose final destination is heaven where all the saints are right now. Think about the great multitude. Think about every Christian that's ever lived from the time of the apostles to now who has died, which is millions and millions and millions of Christians. They aren't gone. They didn't vanish from the cosmos. They are dead in the flesh, but they're alive in the Lord. They are praising the same Jesus that we gather Sunday after Sunday and daily in our regular lives to worship. They are always worshiping without needing to sleep in heaven. So the entirety of our lives is lived in the wake of, and the water pun intended, in the wake of our baptisms. So Harrison and Warren, in a few minutes, um, you will be really and truly united to Christ Jesus. And every sin that you've ever done in your life is about to be washed away. And you'll be given a promise that if you fall into sin in the future, as according, as according to our weakness, we're so inclined to do. The promise of the mercy of Jesus is given to you as a promise on this day that you can always return to with repentance. To say you belong to Jesus, you can repent to him, and he will always receive you in his great mercy. An identity is about to be given to you. Water by itself doesn't save anybody. Repentance by itself even doesn't save anybody. Christ Jesus is the one who saves us. When he died on the cross, as we have represented here, for our sins, he saved us. He purchased each of us with his own blood. As he is right now, as we just heard in Hebrews, interceding at the throne of heaven on our behalf, he is actively saving us. And when we die, and our bodies are put in the ground, and on the last day when he raises us each from the dead, He will have fully saved us. And the means by which we lay claim to that salvation, as St. Peter preached on Pentecost Day, when the crowd said, what do we do? He said, believe and be baptized. And so you've come today with belief. I've sat in catechism for a number of weeks together with Harrison and Warren, and in their minds, they are convinced, rightly, that Christ Jesus truly is the one true Lord of the cosmos and the only way to salvation. So you've come with faith And you're about to be baptized. Faith in what Christ Jesus has done for you. 
And this is the word that should always be on your hearts. That's what we heard in Deuteronomy, right? Keep this word always with you. Well, what word? Under the old covenant, it was the law which couldn't save. Under the new covenant, it's the gospel which saves. This word that Christ died for you, and you're now his, and are being saved by him. You belong to God because of Christ. That's the word that I want you to keep on your hearts forever. You belong to God because of Christ's death. Moses says also you should bind it on your hand. Right, Your hands is what we do things with, on your actions. Let that word, as it says in 1 Corinthians, you are not your own. You're bought with a price. Let it, let it dictate your actions. Well, how would I do this as one who is not his own, but belongs to God? Let your actions be governed by the gospel. And I love this thing, as, and as frontlets between your eyes. As I was thinking on that Deuteronomy passage, I think as a culture, we're inclined to sort of get the sequence of priorities reversed. It ends with, oh yeah, and write it on your gates. Right? Write the word on your gates that other people could see what you believe. Right? If it's on your gates, that people, that's what people will see. We really get the idea of writing it on your gates. Let the world know that you're a Christian. But what about that? making sure it's written on our hearts? And as frontlets between your eyes, the image is sort of like a decorative tassel, sort of ancient Eastern garment, but like a decorative tassel that if you imagine having a tassel, kind of like a headband with a tassel in front of it, everything you looked at in your vision, you'd have this sort of blurry sense of something right in front of you. And you'd feel it brushing against your forehead. That's the image of how we're to carry the good news that Christ died for our sins and that we are forgiven. That when we look at the world and we're trying to interpret what's happening and who we are and who other people are and what's happening in the world, to let that be our chief lens, the thing that sort of is always stands between us and, and our interpretation of what, of what we're experiencing. So Harrison Warren, bind the gospel that Christ died for you to your hearts, to your hands, and between your eyes. This is the truth that will set us free. Amen.